All right, welcome back to the Speak Your Peace podcast. It's another Monday night podcast episode. Uh, my name is Ian McNaughton, Big E here. Please be joined by SYP creator Scotty K. Scott, how's it going, bud? It's good. It's good. Busy with school, busy with hockey league, busy with life. It's uh, it's just busy. What what good. what's new? What what's something interesting that's happened to you in the past week since we last recorded? In the past week since we ooh. Um, I gambled at a casino. Ooh. Yeah. That's a, I haven't told you that. What, what kind of gambling? Oh, I just played some blackjack. It's like a, nice. cause on the, on with COVID now, it's like the virtual stuff. You can play like with a, a dealer, an actual dealer, but it was like a virtual thing. Anyways, it was the virtual fun. dealer. Yeah. It was weird. Oh, next time you're in Kelowna, we'll, uh, we'll have to rip by the casino. But, um, mm. anyways, yeah, I made, made two and a half dollars. So I put in five, Ooh. I got seven, seven fifty back. So I was. Ooh. pretty happy it was a good it was a good day uh you don't think this is a, this is just a that was just a one-time thing you're not going to become the full-on uh gambler no. i think i'll do it very socially if i go with a mm. group i think that would be when i would go but i wouldn't go like go myself and go sit on a like a slots machine and like play for like an hour like it, not a chance. is that the uh is there isn't there um a casino across from prospera and cologne well, that, that's where we went yeah yeah okay yeah. what's that what's that one called again it's chances chances okay i i feel like it was i know it as a different name but that makes sense it might have been called something different back when you were when uh, i was going when i was frequenting the okanagan more yes more than you are now so mm, okay um just a reminder to listeners i will be in Kelowna. still on it's still on right now for super bowl weekend our ubco takeover uh february 11th to the i think i'm leaving on the 14th so watch out for some great content we're gonna watch super bowl we're gonna watch some rockets we're gonna maybe go to a casino maybe maybe after the rocket team maybe that'd be cool um i was gonna say are they wearing masks in the okanagan is that a thing that is still for the most part a thing um Hmm. grocery stores people are neglecting to wear masks which is which was very not i shouldn't say surprising is not the right word but kind of like it's like I'm just like you're just disappointed. It's like when your parent it's like when your parents say they're not upset with you, they're disappointed in you. Like that hurts. At least that hurt me more when my parents yeah. would tell me they're more disappointed than upset. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, come on, like do your part. This yeah. isn't gonna go on for this the lockdowns like they are aren't gonna go on for much longer. So it's yeah, but we'll, we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um we're going to do a bit of hockey talk. We got a little football action that we want to discuss and even some baseball. We got some baseball uh, at the end here, even a mailbag. We got a lot of stuff going on in this podcast. A diverse, diverse podcast. A diverse podcast, to say the least. Um, I think the first thing we have to start off with, though, is the racist incidents that we've seen in hockey over the last week or so. Um, most notably, I, I guess, would be the, the, the Jordan Subban racial taunt in his ECHL game. Uh, Boko Amama receiving a racial gesture as well in an AHL game. Um, I'm curious to know, I I, I know where your, what your thoughts are. I know what your reaction to this is. Um, But what were your, what was your immediate just feeling when you saw these things happen this past week? My first thought I just said, I was like, again like my thought was just like again that's it question mark x like again like i don't get it i don't know i don't know what's going to change it like 
to be honest, it's really unfortunate to see players of color of different ethnicities experience this treatment and harassment. It's terrible. It's truly terrible. And um, <clears throat> again, the whole hockey community has come around Subban and Imama and really helped kind of been there for them and supported them. And you can even see on TV now, all the advertisements, advertisements are highly diverse and showing, which is great. Scotiabank's done I've a few really good advertisements, which I've been impressed with. And um, Bauer, too, Bauer too is another notable one that it seems like yeah. they're trying to make an effort to increase diversity in hockey. 100%. And they part, part of their rebrand because they rebranded their logo and that was kind of included in their rebranding is to really make it a diverse company. And they've truly clearly shown the efforts to do so, which is great. Um, but no, it's like, like I said, I just, I couldn't believe it happened again. And um, it's just terrible. Um, one thing actually that came up that I saw that was very interesting. Um, it's Akima Lu, obviously one of the spearheads of the hockey diversity Alliance um, that has come up from these incidents based coming back from uh, 2020. Um, but he, he's, you know, obviously coined like him and the Alliance have coined the term hockey's for everyone along with several other companies and, and people involved. But he said, it's very interesting. He caught me by surprise. He said, let's make hockey for everyone. He's stating like kind of denoting the fact that hockey isn't for everyone yet, but there needs to be effort put in to make it for everyone. And that's, that was something that was very interesting. He said that he said um, in a, I think it was a Twitter um, message. So it was very, yeah, like I said, couldn't believe it, but. I, I mean, we, we've had this conversation on the podcast before about being inclusive, being open, um, calling out bullshit when you see it. And that's what happened this week. And people called out um, the people doing these gestures. Um, so I, 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 I feel like we have to reiterate with that. I'm just making sure that you are doing your part and that you are being a positive influence in your community, not just in hockey, like hockey is just one part of many communities that we are all involved with. But when I saw this, this past week, I, I kind of, my, like, I just kind of got this deflating feeling of like, here we go again of like, we were like, it felt like, and for myself, it, like, it feels like there's been a real positive effort uh, to make change, um, to do what's right in a hockey community and to see not just one, but two incidences like this uh, was just deflating for myself. And I, 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 I really feel for Amama and Subban, um, especially the Subban family, who not just Jordan, but Malcolm and, and PK uh, and their families who have all done, I feel like, tremendous work to try and make hockey more inclusive, to try and make hockey more diverse. Um, it, it's, 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 it's disappointing. It's just really disappointing. And at the same time, I, I am happy to see people step up, uh, you know, in support of a mama and Subban, uh, to do what's right. But I, I, here's the thing. I think we know what the next steps are. Like, I think we know what needs to be done. It's just a matter of doing it. Absolutely. No, and, no doubt about it. And, and that goes, that goes beyond you and me. That's the people who are listening. That's the people who are watching. That's the people who are interacting with us, who are uh, taking part in what we do. Uh, that's the people who are attending hockey games, who are paying money to watch hockey. It, it's, it's everyone. It's trying to make hockey for everyone. 
And, you know, for these players who did these racial gestures and did these racial taunts, um, you know, hockey is a privilege. You, 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 you know, no one has a right to play hockey. It is a privilege. And when you do something like that, your privilege is taken away. It should automatically be revoked. Uh, you should have no business being in hockey, in my opinion, if you're doing something like that, uh, because we just can't have that. That's just unacceptable conduct. So it's a, a frustrating week. Um, you know, I, I, again, I think we know what we can do to stop this from happening, but I don't know if you have any words, if you have anything that you want to add to this to kind of make this feel better than what it has been. Like this week has been really deflating in that regards for myself, but. Yeah. And I, like I said, off the top, I just couldn't believe it happened again. And mm. you said it perfectly. Everything you said in the last minute was absolutely bang on. It was exactly what I was going to say. It's yeah. Like again, very unfortunate circumstance and the, the, uh, yeah, it's again, it's, it's hard to really express and put into words. I just, it's kind of a, like, like my message to people that do these actions is do better. Like, you know, like, you know what harassment and, and it can, what think it can do to people. And again, although you may not see it in your privileged bubble, like that's, you know, it, it's, it's really, some people just don't see these kinds of things. They don't see the harassment discrimination that people have. But again, once you're, once you get to a, a, a certain place in the world, there's, there's a certain amount of, you, you gotta be better. You gotta be, yeah, it's all I have to say you, is do better. And, and people know better. Like, I, I don't think people well, are, should, they should know better. They, they don't. should know better. I, I don't think people are doing this by mistake. Like, that's what I think. Like, I don't think any of these incidences were by mistake. I think, you know, this, this is intentional stuff that we just can't have in a hockey community. It doesn't belong here. Um, and if you do think it belongs in hockey, well, then take it somewhere else. Go, go do your own thing. Cause that's not what the rest of us want. Nope. Um, and unfortunately it just takes a few people to ruin it for the rest of us, especially, you know, um, people of color, BIPOC members who are trying to make a career in hockey, uh, it can be really frustrating. So um, just do your part. Know, you know, know your role and know that what your actions and words, you know, mean, mean can do a lot to people. It can really have a positive influence if you decide to be a positive influence. That's, Absolutely. Yeah. Because yep. um, we, again, we all know what we need to do. It's just a matter of doing it. Kind of like Akeem Alou says. So um, with that being said, we'll do, we're going to do a bit of NHL talk here. Um, this agenda has not really worked out well for myself uh, because I wanted to discuss the St. Louis Blues, who, as you're recording this, are just getting their ass kicked by the Calgary Flames. Um, not look good in Calgary. Well, it looks good for the Flames, but well, not the, great it's it's me it's me doing a transition of like well actually um you know doing a 180 are the flames actually the team to beat in the west and are the flames actually the the best team that we're not talking about but um it's what now seven it's seven one last i saw flames blues as we record um yeah that's the final not great so with that being said um are the St. Louis Blues, outside of this result tonight against Calgary, because this was definitely, I think, a, a 
team that was on the second half of a back-to-back on the road, they, they were slow, and Matthew Kachuk looks really good. The Flames look really good. Uh, are, the, are, the, are the Blues maybe the best team that we're not talking about? Or at least everyone except Ian isn't talking about, do you think, in hockey right now? Scott, I want to know your opinion. What your thoughts are on the St. Louis Blues? On St. Louis Blues, they're contenders. They ain't pretenders. Let me tell you that for free. Um, they're they're a good team. And again, they're in let's let's not let's be real. The central division stuff. And they are currently second place, if I'm not mistaken, behind the Avalanche, who are as I'm, I'm watching right now, they're beating the Blackhawks two nothing. Um, <clears throat> it's the Blues are good, and I like. I think we've talked about some of these pieces before. I love Jordan Cairo's game. Ryan O'Reilly's solid as a rock. I love Pareko's game. Krug's been a really nice addition from the Bruins um, since he came over, and they're just man, they're a solid. They're just such a solid team. And if Bennington can play like half of what he did in 2019, they're gonna be kind of dangerous in the playoffs. See. He- I want to throw that Binning had a, 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 I don't know if he, I mean, he didn't have a great game. I'll say that tonight. Bennington did not have a great game, but outside, yeah, we said outside tonight, but yeah, outside tonight, but there's a lot of people who are, you know, almost champion Billy Huso as like somebody who should be getting more looks. And it's not surprising with the blues. I find considering not that they've been like a, a, a goalie market or, you know, a goalie factory, but, you know, this is a team that had Jake Allen in the past. This is a team who, you know, has built up Jordan Bennington quite a bit in the few years that he's been with them. Even Ryan Miller, like I know Ryan Miller did not have a, like, you know, going way back, he had the one run with the Blues, but he was okay with them. Like this is a, a team that has, you know, some really good goalie farm building system. Like they, they know how to build a goalie. I think the thing with the Blues that I, I really want to get off my chest here is that we're not going to talk about them a whole lot between now and April or whenever the playoffs are. But when we get to the playoffs, that's when I'm really excited about the St. Louis Blues. That's when I'm really going to be like into it with this team. Well, they're, and that's the thing. They're a team built for the playoffs. And yes. Although like a guy like Tarasenko, you don't think of him as a playoff player, but he does. He is a bigger body and he can produce. Mm-hmm. And when he gets when he gets hot, he's arguably the best shooter in the league. Yeah, and, and like, like shooter, yeah, I would put him up there with Matthews. And I know, like his, I, I'm assuming his trade request is still in with the Blues. Like he does, like he's, you know, asked for a trade at the beginning of the season. I don't know if he still wants that trade now, but like this is a big team. Like this is a big team in how they play. And, and how their 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 size is big, um, and I think this is a team that people don't want to play against. Like this is the, this is the vibe I'm getting from St. Louis. It's just this is a team you don't want to get in a seven game series with. In terms of just if they get the hot absolutely goalie, not, and if, if they get the hot goalie, they have a really good defensive core. They have enough guys who can beat you, especially with the rise of Jordan Cairo, as you mentioned, who's having a phenomenal year this is a team that can, I think, really shock some people. Absolutely. No. And that's here. Let me, let me read off their, their top nine for you. Sure. So get this. So their first lines, Braden Shen, Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron. And, and, and we, and we know Ryan O'Reilly, like we, we, we were talking about the blues without Ryan O'Reilly. 
and how tremendous that guy is. Tremendous that guy is. Um, you talked about Tarasenko's trade request. I think that's out the door now because he's playing with uh, three of his Russian buddies, uh, Pavel Bushnevich, Ivan Barbashev, and Tarasenko himself. How good of an acquisition was that at the beginning of uh, in the offseason to get Pavel Buchnevich from they, the they New York Rangers? Him. They kind of stole him out of New York. Sally Blaze fine, but he's no Buchnevich. And a second round pick. Okay. But like Buchnevich, like. You didn't give up a first round pick for Buchnevich. No, that's the thing. Um, their third line, Brennan Saad, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo. That's a, that's gonna be a fun playoff. Like that. Speaking of a line, I would not want to go against in the postseason. Um, if Saad can get hot too, but like Robert Thomas, I really like Robert Thomas. And, and, and here's the thing with this is that matchups are like, who do you put against the that third line? Because you got O'Reilly and Perron against. Well, you probably like who would you put your first pair against? Like if you find, find, find me a good like as good of a third line pair a, th- a third forward line in the NHL is that one it's hard it's, to it's hard to find a third line pair a, a third line as good as that. Third, that, very, that yeah that's why I just wanted to you know talk about the blues for a bit because I I really like the blues I want to just get this out now in January before the blues potentially go on a big run and you know and call the bandwagon or, or a homer or whatever. Um, Cause I think that this team has a good, like a good chance as like a dark horse Stanley cup contender. I think they're my dark horse cup contender right now, to be honest. Yeah. Like I've, there's four or five like absolute favorites. I would put them at six at the top of my dark horse list, to be honest. They, they have 147 goals for this year, 116 against that's a plus 31 uh, differential, which is more than Vegas. That's more than Toronto. That's more than Tampa. Uh, it's the same as Pittsburgh, who's another team that we could really, you know, go off about. Uh, it's more than the New York Rangers. Like, this is what the Blues are, are bringing to the table. And I'm really excited to watch them come uh, postseason time. I don't know if they'll make any moves at the deadline. Like, I think this team has it. They might go for depth. But I think this team as it is, is, is set up for the postseason run. Like, I don't think they need to make any moves. They, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, especially if they're rolling like they are. I wouldn't mess with that chemistry. Just keep the keep the boys in the room and keep keep them going, and just kind of hope you get some good goaltending, whether mm-hmm. it is Bennington or Huso, whoever it might be. Yeah, that that's the thing is that you got to get the hot goaltending. And as much as people love the shit on Bennington, listen, I feel like Bennington is the kind of guy who would just show up for the postseason. Like when the lights are really truly on him, I feel like he will be destined to shine. It's yeah. kind of unfortunate last year in the first round matchup where they got, you know, paired with Colorado and the Blues did their very best, very best to keep up with Colorado in that series. And by the end of like 45 minutes, you could just tell that they were just gassed. Like they just didn't have the 60 minutes stamina that the Avalanche did last year. I don't know if it's going to be different this year, but. We'll, well, see. we'll see. We'll see what happens. The Blues might not even see Colorado until the second round anyways. Exactly. Exactly. We'll get to that when that time comes. So another team I want to discuss here is the Montreal Canadiens. So last week, the Canadians announced their new GM, Ken Hughes, uh, player agent. Um, he is francophone. He, or not francophone, excuse me. He's bilingual. He's not francophone. He's from the Boston area, but he speaks French. And from what I gather, it's essentially Jeff Gordon, former Rangers GM, who's going to be calling the shots, but Hughes is going to have a say, and he's going to have a voice in, in how things are done in Montreal. Sure. 
I'm curious to know what your thoughts are because the Habs currently, as we record, have the worst, have the fewest points in the league, uh, the worst points percentage, uh, the worst goal differential in the league. What would your, if you were the GM, if you were Kent Hughes or Jeff Gordon or whoever, what would your five-year plan be with the Montreal Canadiens? Five-year plan? Uh, what's a five-year plan? Like, like in, in a short, like in short, how, how would you build the Montreal Canadiens? Like, this is not the same team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know who needs to hear no. that, but, and let's all be honest, we all know they weren't, at that they weren't the second best team in the nhl last year not a chance no no um it's you know it's it's funny like it's again you put me on the spot here it's hard to come up with a proper answer for this um like like are you are, are you just like you're offloading to foley are you off offloading to borak petrie i don't know it's really difficult it's very it's really hard when you lose your top defenseman and captain and your best and one of the best goalies in the world. Like, yeah, it's very difficult when that happens. doesn't matter who you are. I don't care what team you are. Um, and again, price has been there for forever. Whoever has been there for long enough to create a significant impact in Montreal and just be like such a steadying force for some of the younger guys that are there. And it's not like Suzuki and Caulfield can't carry a team. Not yet. They're close, but not yet. Suzuki's very good. Don't get me wrong. Same with Caulfield. Caulfield's had some up and downs, had a rough, kind of a rough start, but he's gotten better as of late. They're just, Montreal just, I don't know. They, uh, yeah, they kind of, like, I don't want to say it reminds me of like what happened with the Avalanche a couple years ago in 17, 18, when they had uh, a, a good pieces. Yeah. And they just shit, like they just shit themselves. Like they were just yeah. garbage that year. And then they, that's how they got Macar. Mm-hmm. Right, they because they played, they were terrible, and they drafted McCarr fourth overall, and look what that's done to that team. But um, <clears throat> not to, not a, like an exact comparison, but similar. Like they have the pieces; they just you know had a good year, you know, good few years in the past. Like thinking like you know what, this is gonna be a good team. Like we're gonna run it back. We'll have a good playoff run and see what happens. And I, like first thing you got to do is get get a goalie, get your goalie back. Um, and again, price is getting older, which is an, also another complicated issue. And honestly, I don't know what Ken Hughes is going to do. To be honest, I, I wouldn't know what where to start. So let me run you down some of the contracts. I'm on Montreal's cap friendly right now. Sure. Um, let me run you down some of Montreal's contracts. So you have Josh Anderson yep. uh, for six more. I mean, this year. So five years after this one at five and a half million. He's 27. Yep. You have Mike Hoffman for two more years after this. He's 32 at four and a half million. Christian, Christian Dvorak, three more years after this at 4.45. Uh, remember, they, they traded for him uh, after the Kakaniemi thing in the summer, uh, in September. Um, they have Nick Suzuki Nick with 7.875 million for the next eight years after this yep um you got jake evans at three years after this for 1.7 that's a bargain uh and then you got you got jeff petrie three years after this at 6.25 he's 34 david savard who they signed in the off season you got him for three more years after this for three and a half million joel armia is maybe my least favorite 
contract on this team, 3.4 million for the next three years. Um, I, the one thing I'll give Montreal and the other thing too, is that Ben Sherratt's name has been thrown around quite a bit in trade rumors leading up to the deadline here. I so. think Ben Sherratt's the number one trade bait guy on, on TSN's trade bait list. I'm pretty sure he's up there or he's top five for sure. So Ben Sherratt, he's 30 years old. This, he's got an expiring contract. He's making three and a half million this year. He has a modified no trade. So he has somewhat of a say as to where he's going. Um, but that's just it with Montreal. Like you don't really have like many guys, like in terms of guys with no trade clause, you have Josh Anderson, you have Jeff Petrie, you have Sherratt, you have Brendan Gallagher, who Gallagher is, you know, got five years after this year at six and a half million. Drew and Joel Edmondson. Yeah, I, I, I feel like with this team, you got to, you, you, you kind of have to throw in the towel and go into a three or four year rebuild. You want to blow it all up. You can I think you kind of have to, like, I don't think you're really wow. like, it, I, I just don't know in Montreal what you, where to go out. Like you have the prospects, your prospects, I think are fine. Sure. I just don't know if you have enough guys and, and maybe I'm completely wrong here. And maybe you just need like a coaching change. Maybe that's all Montreal needs. Yeah. It is like having somebody other than Dominic Ducharme be their head coach. But I don't know, man. Like I said, off, off my, my little bit, I don't know what he's going to do. And maybe you're right. Maybe it is time to blow it up. And again, we saw in Vancouver, not too recently ago, what happened there. And, you know, as soon as Luongo and like, they kind of started to blow it up when the Sedins were still there, but like, even like in Anaheim a little bit, like they, they did start like an official rebuild. It wasn't, it wasn't ever a retool in Anaheim. It was more of. Yes, that is true. And, and the thing with Anaheim too, is that nobody thought there'd be good, good, this good this year. Agreed. Which I think that was kind of Montreal's problem last year. Not, not, I think people thought they'd be better. It's expectations, right? People, people thought they'd be better in the regular season, but they didn't think they'd get to the Stanley cup finals. So now you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like, I think you're somewhere in between there. If you're Montreal, probably right now, like, yeah, you're You're probably like middle ground. It's like, what do you, what do you want to do here? What's really, what's really the move? Do you kind of just like wait and bank and bank on getting a good pick this year and hope that pick is. It's not, I don't think, um, well, that's so like one of the conversation. Shane Wright's stock has fallen, but that's yeah, that's a, that's another interesting thing we can talk about in a bit. But yeah, like with Montreal, I don't know, man. I don't like, know. I, I here's the thing. I think this team, when healthy, when everybody's back, is probably a wild card team. Shea Weber's probably not playing in the NHL again. It's it's that that's kind of the vibe I got. Is that he's yeah. not healthy enough to play in the NHL again on a regular basis? No. Carey Price. God, I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's fine, but who knows with him? Yeah. Um, I just don't know what to see, man. I, 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 I feel the vibe for me is just tear it down. Don't be a wild card team. Just be a rebuilder. Do it right. Rip it all apart. Rip yeah. it all apart. Build around Suzuki and Caulfield. I mean, yeah. you got guys like Mysek, um, Mysek and Caden Gooley. In your system, yeah. Coffee. I would even consider Caulfield still kind of a prospect. He's still, very yeah, young. like he's still young. Yep. 
you, you got former Everett Silvertip, Gianni Fairbrother, uh, you know, in your system too. Like, I, I think I, I, I would probably just tear it down, start over again, yeah. and, and you know, build build around Caulfield and, and Suzuki, and and hell, maybe even, I don't know, not maybe not Jake Evans because he's older than those guys, but like. I'd say Romanoff for sure. Romanoff, yeah. There you go. There's your D guy you build around. Caden Primo's not a bad goalie either. Keep him around. Yep. They, like you said, you said off the top, they have good pieces in Montreal. They're just just bad luck issues with injuries and losing goal captains and goalies. And it's, yeah. Just high, very- high expectations coming into this year after last year. Yeah, exactly. It's very, yeah, very interesting. It would have been interesting had Montreal won the cup, what would have happened? I think it might have been kind of the same, to be honest. But yeah, I don't think things really change if Montreal wins the cup. Nope. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think it, it, it's that different. Nope. Um, speaking of not, I mean, speaking of different, let's, we'll, we'll go with speaking of different. I want to talk about the Canucks a little bit. Yeah. Um, they got some new front office staff, including uh, Emily uh, Castano, Castonge, Castonge? Sounds right. I should really have got that name right. Um, Emily Castonge, uh, who's been a player agent since 2016, a registered player agent with the NHLPA since 2016, uh, just announced today, Monday. Um, really interesting hire as the assistant general manager. Uh, the general manager conversation has been going on quite a bit in Vancouver ever since Jim Benning got fired and Jim Rutherford t- took over. Uh, and another name I want to throw out there, Rachel Dory, who's uh, now a hockey analytics analyst for the Canucks. So I'm, I'm curious to know what you feel about this, how you feel about this, Scott, with the Canucks getting this, you know, get, getting this, how do I put this? Getting this opportunity to put new people in yeah. charge in a front office um, running a hockey team that we've never seen before. What, what are your thoughts about the Canucks taking this opportunity and taking advantage of this? I like it. It's, yeah. Again, I've always been a believer. If you're the right person for the job, you're the right person for the job. doesn't matter who you are. I don't care who you look like, who you are. doesn't matter. And if, if, Emily, if she's the right person for the job, then that's great. And I think the Canucks are going to benefit from it in a lot of ways. And again, now, Boudreaux and Rutherford and some of the new uh, people in the upper front office of the Canucks, it's going to be interesting to see how that translates on the ice and onto their success. And again, the, the pieces were all there. Travis Green wasn't the right coach for the time. And it's going to be very, an interesting second half as to, and they're going to see what, what's going to happen and how the Canucks are going to take off and what's, yeah, it's just very intriguing to see. I, I feel like with this team, it, it's different, obviously, yeah. but like anything that's new and different, uh, it's going to take some getting used to. And, you know, I'm sure there's probably going to be people who are upset if this team doesn't win right away. But I think like any good thing, any thing worth doing, it takes time no, and, it ta- and it takes the right people. And that's certainly the vibe I'm getting from Vancouver is that they feel like they're getting the right people. They're putting the right people in charge and they're, you know, they're, they're doing things the right way. They're not rushing it. They're not forcing it. 
They're giving real qualified people the opportunity to be a part of a front office staff. And I, I think that, you know, should be noted in Vancouver, which, sure. which you know, kudos to uh, Jim Rutherford, GM, mm-hmm. and kudos also to, you know, Francesco Aquilini, who is also signing off on these deals as an owner. Um, you know, the owner does have some say in this. And if the owner, it, it, you know, it's going to be the forerunner in this. Congratulations to him. Hopefully it all works well. Um, hopefully we see more of this in the NHL. And, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be, you know, criticizing both of, you know, both of the people that the Canucks hired, both of the women that they hired, because they're either unqualified or women shouldn't be in hockey or any of this bullshit. But part of me wants to see them win and do well to prove people wrong. And I hope that happens. So, um, congratulations to Emily and Rachel. Uh, I'm sure they listen to this podcast all the time, and I'm sure they're happy that we praise them. Of course. Like anybody. Um, Transitioning to the NFL. Yes. Let's move on to football. Sure. One of the best football weekends I can ever remember in my entire Higher life um, between the Cincinnati Bengals winning on a game-winning field goal against the Tennessee Titans. That was the, something. That was quite something. I got to say. The San Francisco 49ers winning on a game-winning field goal against the Green Bay Packers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming out of nowhere to tie the game only to lose to the Rams on a game-winning field goal. And the Chiefs and the Bills playing one of the most dramatic, thrilling, exhilarating football games I've ever seen. Scott. Yes. Did you watch any football this weekend? And if so, what was your favorite part from the weekend? Parts of games at work. That was the extent of what I watched. People, people, I tell people this. I only watch the Super Bowl. That's the only game I'll actively sit down and watch the whole game of. And... Believe it or not, I actually did catch bits of games this weekend, and it was like you said all the top. It was insane. It was un- actually unbelievable. Probably, and the fact that you you said it was one of the most insane weekends of football in your life, as a Seahawks fan without the Seahawks playing, that's impressive. That that goes to <laughs> how impressive this weekend was. Um, so there you go, fan. Like there, you've got it. Like, if Ian says it's impressive without his Hawks, then that's something you gotta you know listen to the guy. So. And we know the Seahawks play in crazy games. The Seahawks have never played in a normal football game ever. Oh, never. Not a chance. Not a century link ever. Anyways. No. Um, no. Never. So the, the part I did see, I did see Brady and the Bucks drive down the field twice and tie the game up. Un- unbelievable. And then I saw the Rams kick the, the game-winning field goal in overtime. Yeah, I, I was like... I was kind of rooting for Brady. I would have loved to have Sam, have him uh, see him win an eighth Super Bowl, but it would have been nice to see. But again, you can't make everyone's dream come true. So um, good for the Rams. It's a, they they played a hell of a game, and the fact they kept Brady in the Bucks to like what thirteen points at half. That's... It, 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 I think the, it was twenty points was the deficit. I believe it was. Um... 
27. It was like 27, seven and a half or something. Yeah. Let me, I'm that's, pull. that's ridiculous to me. You hold Tom Brady in a playoff game to seven points at one half. That's pretty damn good. I gotta say it was, it was 20, it was 20 to three, um, 20 to three at halftime. Wow. And yeah, the, um, the Buccaneers came back. I don't crazy. And they still lost. And they that's, still and they still lost. That's ridiculous. The um the other the other moment that I found pretty funny was that the uh, Josh Allen meme is circling around the internet of him just sitting on the bench. It's when yeah, cuz they were they were in the I'm pretty sure they were in the they were in the lead. Yeah, they had they had the lead with 13 seconds left. And they lost the game and yep. Josh Allen never touched the ball from that point on nope he never touched the ball after 13 seconds left in the game and he still lost makes you question the overtime rule it does it, it does it doesn't give both teams a shot especially if the first team scores a touchdown and again with an offense like the chiefs they're almost they're almost automatic dare i say they're almost automatic um you know I don't want to be the guy who says that they need to change the OT rules because I don't have a better alternative. Like you can do the college thing, sure, where you just start at the 25 and you know go back and forth then. But you could do that. Otherwise, I don't have a better alternative. Uh, at the same time, as a Seahawks fan who watched the Seahawks win in overtime in the 2015 NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers, um, I love the OT rules. Yeah. I think the OT rules are great and we should keep them. Yep. You can't please everyone all the time. And again, I think the whole world was rooting for the Buffalo Bills, to be honest. Who wouldn't want to see think, the yeah. as Super Bowl? That'd be absolute chaos. But Well, and people hate Patrick Mahomes' brother, too. But they don't hate – so they hate Jackson Mahomes, but they don't hate Patrick. No, that's just it. They don't want Jackson winning. Got they it. They don't want to see him winning. Got it. And if if Patrick wins, he wins. Is what you're saying to me? Yes, pretty much. Huh. Okay. But no, I think I think people were rooting for Buffalo. I think there's gonna be there's gonna be people rooting for Cincinnati and and, and Joe Cool, Joe Fresh, Joe Burrow. Uh, oh, who, who wouldn't love the new kid on the block? Joe Burrow's sick. That dude's got so much swagger, man. He's like, I kind of want. He's kind of like Zegris in a way. He's kind of like the well. Z- I don't know. Has has Burrow ever flipped the puck up behind the net to Sonny Milano? No, but he's probably flipped flipped the football over a linebacker to a receiver. He's probably done that before. Maybe, maybe, maybe a couple hundred times this year. But <laughs> <laughs> Burrow's got so much swagger, dude. Like that dude. Like, yeah. Is is Joe Burrow the Jack Harlow of the NFL? Ooh, no, that's an interesting take. Makes you wonder, right? That makes you wonder. So what will that make uh, Derrick Henry then? Would that make him... Because he's pretty new too. That's interesting. Like, would Derrick Henry be the gunna? No, maybe actually. Gunna did kind of burst on the scene like pretty recently. He's he's, kind of thick. He's kind of thick, yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe Derek Henry and Gunna are long lost brothers. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what would that make Jimmy Garoppolo then? Oh, gee, easy. He's from San Francisco. Oh God. Okay, we can end this conversation. Um, <laughs> was uh was G Easy the one who was supposed to come to Squamish Live, or is that Logic? 
I think it was Lodge. But it, it, it was did one of them already come, and then the next the other guy was supposed to come, and then that's when the music well, festival. I think Easy went to either Faded in the Park or Breakout one or year. Pemberton, or it might have been Pemby. I don't remember exactly, but um. Anyways, yeah, GZ was supposed to come to the 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 Vancouver ish area, and I don't think he ever showed up. What a dick, right? I guess he's too cool for us. He's from San Francisco. He's too cool for Vancouver. He's big timing the Pacific North or the uh, greater Vancouver area. I guess. Um, again, uh, we're going to be, I'm going to be in Kelowna for the uh, Super Bowl UBCO takeover. Would you be disappointed if it's a Chiefs 49ers rematch? No. No. No, no that'd be all right. Okay. I mean, all, you know, all the medium, you know, ugly dudes are praying for Jimmy G's downfall. Um, it's me. I'm medium ugly dudes. I'm, I'm hoping Jimmy, hoping Jimmy G, you know, fails this weekend. I mean, being a Seahawks fan, a 49ers Rams NFC championship game isn't good for my mental health anyways, but. It's like your worst nightmare. <laughs> I think my, no, I think my worst nightmare would be Cardinals 49ers. Because those really? teams, those teams are definitely not as good as the Rams. Like the Rams are like a one to yeah, and and their coaching is incredible. Yep. So Stafford, like Stafford's been very impressive this year. Stafford's been very impressive. So like I can root for Stafford, but like if the Cardinals were in, then I would probably just ignore the game. Um, that one I I wouldn't find that exciting. Um, any other football notes, uh, hot takes you want to throw out there? Bengals Rams Super Bowl. Who says no? <laughs> I think the NFL's worst nightmare, though, is a Cincinnati San Francisco Super Bowl. I actually think it is. I would hate to see that, to be honest. Yeah, I would be okay. 49ers Chiefs. I'd be okay. Chiefs Rams. I'd be okay with Bengals Rams. But uh, so you'd 49ers. be okay. So you. So yeah, you'd be okay with the Chiefs 49ers rematch. But it's the Bengals 49ers that you would not be. Not about it. No. Okay. All right. Um, we're gonna we're gonna switch it over to some baseball now, in a segment yeah. we're gonna call the hot corner. Yeah. Uh, because did you play third base? I played shortstop and catcher and outfield. Yeah, I never played third base either, so that's why it's appropriately called the hot corner. Um, we're gonna <laughs> do some baseball talk here. So we're recording this on Monday night. The 2022 Baseball Hall of Fame ballots will be officially revealed tuesday night um basically i think scott and i for like the next you know a couple months however long baseball's off uh are just going to talk baseball especially like late 90s 2000s 2010s baseball um maybe we'll do like redrafts that would be cool that'd be cool so scott and i are going to go through the 2022 uh it's BBW. It's the Baseball Writers, uh, Baseball Writers of Amer- Association of America. Their ballot for players who are on the ballot this year. And do you want to do like a top ten of who, like ten players that you would put on your ballot, or you yeah, to, or do you want to go through player by player? Let's go. Maybe let's go player by player. And okay. We'll so, give like a percentage that they're going to be in. Okay, I like that. So. We might not go through the whole 30 list here that I have on baseball reference. 
No, well, let's go through the notable ones. People that one so, one people might know. It's okay. So so Barry Bonds. Um, this is his tenth year. If you don't know, basically you have ten years after you retire. You have ten years of active eligibility to get in. And if you don't get in, then you're off the ballot, and then you don't get elected. You get you could get elected in what is called the golden days era committee where a bunch of old white men go back to the sixties and seventies and fifties, even and look at players who batted two forty five, and then considered you a hall of famer. Um, they might do that in 20, 30 years with Barry Bonds, but who knows? So Barry Bonds last year got 61.8% of the vote. You need at least 75% or more to get in. We all know Barry Bonds, at 762 home runs, he has almost 2,000 ribbies, 1,996 RBIs, batting average of 298 career, 444 on-base percentage. Obviously, there's the steroid controversy with Barry Bonds. Uh, if you go from like his rookie year photo with the Pittsburgh Pirates to the year he was, you know, with the San Francisco Giants, you know, on the streak, um, you can tell that he's, you know, got some bigger biceps. Yeah, he, he, he put on some muscle. Well, he, he, he put on quite a bit of muscle. Quite a bit of muscle, yeah. So, Barry Bonds, and then I, I want to, I think this is more of a moral argument on if you think that Barry Bonds should be a Hall of Famer, yes or no, because of the steroid use. So, I think if you're like, I think if you're saying yes to Bonds being in the Hall of Fame, you're probably putting in Roger Clemens, and you're probably putting in A Rod, who we'll talk about later. But I'm curious no, to know what your thoughts about Bonds if he's a Hall of Famer or not. Based purely on his numbers, based purely on the impact on the game that he had outside of Roy's use, he's a surefire ballot Hall of Fame. He's probably, he's probably going in his first year eligibility, if not for all the, the shit off the field. The ethical concerns of putting a guy who was on roids. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you can, like again, it's kind of like the whole debate with Lance Armstrong. Is that he, he's arguably one of the greatest cyclists of all time, but because of his steroid use, all those accomplishments, all those achievements are kind of diminished. Right? So, yeah. it's... It's a very, like you said, it's a very, it's an ethical dilemma that it's, yeah, based, like I said, based on numbers alone, he is as elite as elite gets. Um, but man, I don't know. Let's, I mean, the fact he got 61% of votes last year says something says to me that there's a chance that he'll get it. Yeah. Um, right. And again, based on, and you, you, we talked pre-podcast, like they do give a little bit of bias towards 10th year eligible players, right? They'll give them an extra, extra look or two, be like, you know what? Maybe this guy deserves to get in. Like, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll look past the steroids because he put up such good numbers. Albeit, and he had an impact on the Giants because he played for the Giants for a lot of his career. Well, and, and like, how fun was, like, baseball was really fun when he was chasing down the record. He was chasing down a home run record. Like, like it was so fun and so exciting. Like checking Sports Center every day or going online and checking, like, oh, did Barry Bonds hit a home run today? Did he get it, you know, home run now? 
it's kind of like watching Ovechkin get the goals. It's it's, yeah. it's kind of late. And again, it's fun, man. It's fun to see guys hit home runs. And again, he was hitting him out of uh, what was called AT and T Park into McCovey Cove. Like it's yeah, it's every every splash hit that he got, like that was fun. That was exciting. Like that's that's the issue that you're 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 stuck with with Bond was like, yeah, you steroids. Steroids is cheating. But man, was the game fun when he was playing? Was it was it fun? And nothing nothing like seeing a smooth swinging lefty like pump balls into the into the cove at San Fran. Oh, like it's yeah, and this is so the, fun. He's just such a great hitter. A beautiful swing. Yeah. And this is the same dude who was getting walked when the bases were loaded in like extra inning games. Like so, that's that, that's how threatening he was. He had two thousand five hundred fifty eight walks in his career. The next highest on this list. So, for reference, David Ortiz, Big Poppy, who's also on this list, who also got walked a lot. Yes. Only got walked 1,319 times. That's absurd. That's almost double. Yeah. Just shows you how, again, he had such an impact on the game and he like, changed the way pitchers faced it. When that hit went, went at haters. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 100%. And again, they're and again, now now what we've seen when we've been alive again, Bond start like was kind of playing when we were very little, but from the era of him and Sosa and early A Rod, um, McGuire and Griffey and like all those guys, yeah, all those guys, the game's changed so much since then. And now, what this is kind of what the result of what we're seeing now is that all these absolute trucks that just destroy the baseball they get pitched too differently because of it yeah i'm gonna say he doesn't get in i think he's gonna get about 70 percent of the vote he'll get close he's gonna get yeah. really close. Uh, yeah I'm, I'm gonna say he misses out okay i don't know if i would include i i'm gonna say i wouldn't include him because i'm gonna i'm gonna stay on the right course with ethics here um right. i'm gonna throw it to a rod here let's let's do a sure. little a rod talk sure so 696 home runs, 2,086 RBIs, 380 on base percentage. He has one World Series title in his win in his career. Yep. 2009 with the Yankees, 14 time All Star. Yep. A lot. Hated in Seattle. A 211 game mm-hmm. suspension originally given to him for his drug uh, versus steroids. Then reduced to 162 games. Um, here's the thing: I think the writers don't like ba- you know Barry Bonds already. I think they hate A Rod even more. Like I don't see A Rod getting into the hall. Maybe like we'll have this conversation differently in 10 years from now. Um, yeah. But I don't. Again, A-Rod's eligible for 10 years now, starting now. Yeah. I don't think he gets in this year, but I think he will get in eventually. You know what? Else, you know what also pisses me off about A Rod. Not that he right. was, a, you know, a former man or who decided to leave, <laughs> but I sense some bias coming from this response. Well, so now in like post playing career, right? Sure. A Rod's doing like a bunch of different media things. Like he's been with Fox Sports. Um, he's been on Shark Tank. Yeah. He's now doing Sunday Night Baseball. They just announced that he's going to be doing like fucking A Rod cast, like a Manny cast, but for baseball. Right. This upcoming season with Michael K. Awa was never a likable person in his pl- like in, in his like 
except for like his early playing career in Seattle, when it's like this is a young hotshot kid in the, yeah. you know, the Pacific Northwest and that whole manor team. Like that was different. But since he okay. went, to, you know, he cashed in, he went to Texas, started doing steroids, never had a likable personality. Jeter can attest to this. And now all of a sudden in his post-playing career, we're all being forced to like Alex Rodriguez because of who he was as a you know baseball player. And yeah. it's like this dude, when he came back, was the most hated dude in baseball and was a scumbag. And now all of a sudden I have to like him? Yeah. It's, again, one of those things with Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Sosa and Mark McGuire and now A-Rod here. It's very... Yeah, it's it is it is a big debate, and the very interesting what voters are gonna do. Like I said, I think he does get in eventually, but it's not gonna be this year, purely purely because of the off-field antics and some of the stuff that's happened. And um, it is too bad because all the hate aside, Arod's a hell of a baseball player. Yeah, I mean, not in a postseason though. No. Fair enough. He has one, only one World Series, and he played on a stack Yankees team. Fine. Sometimes that's just how it happens, right? So, it's yeah, I very interesting with a Rod. Very, very interesting. I, I do, I do agree with you though. Like I, I am, you know, very petty when it comes to this sort of stuff. But I, I, I do think eventually he will get in. I don't know why. I think he'll get. Yeah, I think he's more likely to get in than Barry Bonds is to be honest. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe that's there's a recency bias to that because Bonds has been on this list for 10 years now and Aaron's just in his first year. Um, but yeah, it's very polar. I think the right word for Aaron's polarizing. Yeah, that's every, a, every yeah. facet that you can look at. And again, yeah, he did some dumb things, but he was also a hell of a baseball player. And he, like you said, a 14-time All-Star, World Series champion. Like, so, It's hard to argue against that. So, so a rod, sure. Career three sixty five on base percentage in the postseason, pretty good. That's it's a little underwhelming, and and in his last like, so he was on the Yankees team that went to the wild card game in twenty fifteen against Houston, uh, went zero for four in that game with two strikeouts, Um, had a one eleven on base percentage against the Tigers in the 2012 ALCS, had a 222 on base percentage and 18 plate appearances against the Orioles in the 20, yeah, in, in, in that ALDS. This is later in his career, though. Yeah, I mean, he did hit, you know, he, had, he did have a 500 on base percentage against the Twins in 2009 and EDS, 567 in the ALCS. He had a, so basically, like, he had uh, a really good run in 2004 and 2005 even though in 2004 they lost to the red sox in the alcs they lost to the angels in the 2005 alds and they won the world series in 2009 and then they lost to texas in the 2010 alcs that's kind of what i remember like thinking back on that now of just like miss opportunity like a that was a, a weird yankees team too and like that er, in the, like the early to mid 2000s where like they were loading up with like Teixeira, they had an old jeter they had an old a rod ichiro yeah. cc yeah oh you mean like the early 2010s 2010s excuse me yeah 2010s yeah. mid to mid 2010s like yeah the the well, i mean the yankees always 
Keith, first of all, the Yankees, they always have money to be able to be in contention. Oh, yeah. And that's why you get all these weird old teams. You get, like, washed up superstars, you name it. And then you get, like, some guys that come in that are just very random. Now they have a good prospect, but it's a bit different. Glaber Torres and... Um, well, now they have, like, like the yeah. Yankees, like, should have been a World Series in the last five years. With Torres and Sanchez and Aaron Judge, Stanton... Judge. Batances as well as hell of a Batances. So, yeah. But again, like, like I said, to my point, like they have enough money to load up and be able to trade for and acquire these players. Like, like a guy like Stanton, take him out of Miami and like pay him, yeah. you know, pay the Dolphins 50 to 75 cents on the dollar to get him. And that's how you go on some of these runs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, A Rod, we do think we'll get in, just not this year. Not this year. Yeah. Uh, speaking of guys they paid uh, 50 cents on the dollar for, uh, Roger Clemens, former uh, Yankees pitcher, former Red Sox pitcher, former Blue Jays pitcher. I don't know. If you're not putting in bonds this year, then you're probably not putting Clemens in either. No, Again, hell of a career, hell of a pitcher, but not, not going to do it for me, unfortunately. I don't think he gets in either. It's a, I think it's a steroid and just – the personality too, I think rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got the accolades. He's he got the, he's got the titles. Um, yeah. It just, you know, these are writers, personalities that are, you know, being, mis- you know, meshed together that don't always work out. And I think that's what you'll see with uh, Clemens not getting in this year. That's my take. Yeah. So who does get in? Tell All me. Right. Let's let's get to that. Who gets in? So, can we all we both agree David Ortiz is a lock? I think he is. I feel like he. Listen, you voted in Edgar two years, uh, three years ago. You voted in Edgar. So if you're voting, if you're putting Edgar in, you can put David Ortiz in. You can't have one without the other because basically Edgar created the position for David Ortiz. Sure, fair enough. And Ortiz ran with it. Ortiz, yeah. Here's the thing. Martin, you know, Martinez walked so Big Poppy could run, even though Big Poppy never ran in his entire career. Sure. Uh, viewers who don't know, Edgar Martinez played for the Seattle Mariners is a legendary Seattle Mariner. F, just sidebar. A little bit of bias, maybe, with the Edgar Martinez DH talk. Anyways. I don't know. I don't know if Manny gets in either. Ramirez? Really? Yeah, he only got 28% of the vote last year. That's a he's big still, jump. That's a big jump to make. He might not get in this year, but I think he will get in eventually. Probably. He was, I, man, he was too much, too fun. He's too fun of a guy not to get in. Well, he had the steroids problem too, right? I know. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, but in like, the, like, I, I really want to hit on this. Like in the late 2000s, like as a Manners fan, it was just, I, I remember like as a little kid being like, oh shit, the Red Sox are in town. Yeah. And, and here's Big Poppy. Manny Ramirez, Dustin Pedroia, Dustin Pedroia, Kevin Euclid, yeah. yeah. Mike kind Lowell. Of a, kind of a deadly team. Deadly team. And same with the Yankees. Like, this is the same Yankees team where it's like, oh shit, you know, when they come to town, it's like, here's A Rod, Jeter, Jorge Posada, Hideki Matsui, Damon, yeah. like all these and guys. There were a few years where the, the Rays were very good too. Yeah. Right. No. And that's, that's, this is all in one division. The AL East is, okay, to be fair, always been stacked, but it's, 
especially more so now, now now the Jays are good. The Rays are still good. The Red Sox and Yankees are still the Red Sox and Yankees. The Orioles, we know, are shit now, but it's... I'm, I, I'm surprised Buck Showalter isn't still managing the Orioles. But, like, I, like that's, the, that's the impact that, like, Manny had. Like, yeah. it is, like, when, you, when they came to town, when the Red Sox came to town, they always had, like, good starting pitching, yeah. and it was, oh, fuck, how are we going to get through the 3-4 of Ortiz and, and Manny Ramirez or Ramirez or Ortiz, like... Yeah, that that team was so good. I, I I agree with you. He was a part of the 2004 Red Sox team mm-hmm. when they you know just got over the hump and finally won the World Series. So he'll probably get in for that. I feel like. Yeah. I, sure. I don't know. I don't know if it's this year though. No, for sure. Um, same with Todd Helton. He's got 44 percent of the vote this year. I think Todd. 44 Helton- last year. Yep. Todd Helton probably gets in in like the next two years. I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of guys I'd actually put in this year, Ortiz, Ortiz, Todd Helton. I so I would so here's my ballot. My ballot would be sure. Manny Ramirez. Yep. Helton. Yep. Ortiz. I don't think I'd put in Andy Pettit. He, he's close, but not yet. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make an argument for Prince Fielder. It's yep. maybe not a great one, but I think you can make an argument for it. Yep. Um, Like, I'm looking at guys, like, lower down. Like, it's really tough to make yeah. an argument. Like, it, it's really tough to make an argument right now for Torrey Hunter and, and, and Lincecum. I mean, Lincecum, like, did have his moments, but he only, like, he was only really useful in the one playoff run for the Giants when they won the World and Series. He only played for 10 seasons. It wasn't like he had a long-lasting career, right? It was very kind of sh- like he was there and then he was gone. It was very, yeah. His 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 high was his, like, his peak was his peak. And oh, after absolutely. that, and after that, it was just, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so. I mean, I don't know if I'd put in Omar Vizquel. He's obviously going through some off-the-field stuff. Scott Rowland, yeah. I mean, Billy Wagner, I think you can make a, a good argument for Billy Wagner too. Yep. But probably right now, guys, I, I would I, I would feel confident in, in putting in would probably be Manny, Helton, and Ortiz. Ortiz, yeah. I, I agree with you there. And again, we'll see what the voters decide on, but I think those three are there for sure. And then maybe one or two more. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Um, this has been Hot Corner. With uh, with, with Biggie and Scott, we never played for Hot Corner, but it's I never played it either. But it seems like the perfect you know title segment for this. Yep. Um, all right, we we do have mailbag questions that Biggie has to go find because it's been over twenty four hours. Do 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 do. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have one question from my own personal. Mailbag. Oh, you 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 pull that up then. You you pull that up first. So, so can... the question is: so as we know, the Green Bay Packers did lose on yes. Saturday. Where do Rodgers and Devontae Adams end up next season? This is from a friend of the pod, Raymond. Shout out Raymond. Um, Raymond. I don't know if they're going to be on the same team together next year. Um, There isn't a better situation for Rodgers than Green Bay. Like, you're going to go to Denver? The only argument, the only argument you can, I think you can like make a valid, valid, argument for is pittsburgh that's the one team i think you can make a like a valid argument for but whatever you have in pittsburgh you already have in green bay 
Yeah. Okay. Except for maybe better awesome. wide receivers. This is assuming Ben Roethlisberger is retiring. He and he is. Yeah, God okay. willing that he's retiring. He better. Yes. Anyways, so okay. So so Adams, I don't know what his. I'll pull. I can pull up his contract, but like, yeah, he he. I think is locked in with Green Bay. I don't know if he'd go with Rogers wherever Rogers is going. Yeah, it's that's it's a, a that's a. That's a really – oh, I guess he is a free agent after this year. He is a UFA. He is 30. Um, I don't know if you want to tie your wagon to the Aaron Rodgers train uh, after this past year. Yeah, I, I have a, I've lost a bit of respect for that guy for some of the stuff he's done. Not going to lie. Yeah, he was awful on Jeopardy, wasn't he? Um, so probably Devontae Adams. Um, you know, when in doubt, he might become a Seahawk. Hey, that'd be all right. I wouldn't mind him that. And, him and DK Metcalf on, on, the, on either side. That's and Tyler Lockett. Um, Ty- actually, Jacksonville might not actually be a bad play for uh Adams because he can be the number one receiver with Trevor Lawrence and whatever shitty yeah. offensive coach they decide to get. Or the Bengals put up, put him in Cincinnati. Sure. Just just start naming teams, Scott. Name all the NFL teams, and that's who. Uh, Devontae Adams. Do you remember that Jay and Dan segment like many years ago when they were doing like Matt Sundin uh, rumors? And it's like, we can report that Matt Sundin will go to one of the 30 NHL teams. <laughs> and that's what I think you're, you're here for. It's like, we, I can report that Devontae Adams will go to one of, of the, the 30, 30 NFL teams. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- he won't go back to Green Bay or he might. We he actually, might. He might. We'll see. Anyways. Is there um, no- that's a good question, by the way. I like that question. That, that was a good question. We have four Thanks, questions right. in the mailbag. Very nice. Uh, first from uh, a friend of the pod, Aiden. Um, was Casey Buffalo the game of the year? And the easy answer is yes. That might be the game of my life that I just wow. watched. The, That's like, a lot. like just the in- incredible, um, like, here's the thing. Don't let a girl tell you that 13 seconds is not enough because 13 seconds is more than enough time. That's all I'm saying. 13 seconds, more than enough to do whatever you need to get done. If Ian, if you say so, it must be right. Patrick Mahomes knows. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes knows that 13 seconds is enough. But there, um, were, there were timeouts there, no. <laughs> Oh yeah, they had like two timeouts. So like, okay, okay, thirteen seconds and two timeouts is more than enough to get done whatever you need. I guess. I guess. I'd like to know how much like real time that actually is, because you know all the dudes are saying like, oh, thirteen seconds isn't enough. Ask Patrick Mahomes. But in real time, that's like what five minutes. Well, it's like the NBA. Like the last minute of the game takes yeah. ten minutes. Uh, SYP creator Kevin asked, do you know what you don't know? And I hate this question because this is this philosophical bullshit that I hate <laughs> in university that they ask me all the time. And to which I just said, I don't know. Fuck, sure. It's a good, hey, that's an answer. Do you know what you don't know? You don't. I don't I'm know. not that critical of a thinker, not for that sort of shit. Fair enough. I'll let Kevin know you said that. Kevin's probably listening. Kevin's a diehard SYP fan. He would listen to this. He would listen. Um, do you know what you don't know? Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's, you know. Um, Aaron, 
friend of the pod, Aaron. Nice. Asked, will McDavid ever win a cup in Edmonton? Ooh. Well, after that uh, Battle of Alberta win, I hope is restored. But before that, it was looking very bleak, I must say. And I will – let me – I want to credit – what was the, the uh, journalist's name? Jim – Jim Matheson? That's the one, Jim Matheson. Shout out to Jim Matheson for pissing the fuck off Leon Dreisaitl <laughs> to get where they're going. Because um, – That is uh, – so for those who don't know context, Jim Matheson asked Leon Dreisaitl, why are you so pissy in a press conference? Um, which completely unprofessional and completely – a no-no, I would say. I wouldn't ask that. I wouldn't ask that. That's that's not what I would do. Um, but Jim Matheson has the balls to do so. And it worked Good. out. I guess it worked out for the Oilers because the Oilers won on Saturday night. So, yeah. Uh, um, yes, McDavid will win a cup in Edmonton. They need uh, a goalie first, but they'll do it. Uh, the correct answer is no. No. This isn't the night. This isn't the 1980s. The best player in the league is not winning a cup at Edmonton. What are we doing here? <laughs> the real question is, what teams are McDavid going to go play for in mm-hmm. the next few years? That's my hot take. That is a good. That's a good question. Um, Colorado, <laughs> <laughs> Colorado, Vegas, Toronto, Anaheim would be good. Uh, I feel like Toronto could do like a Tavares um, plus others swap. oh yeah yeah right not a chance for mcdavid there's no way i don't think Evans is ever trading mcdavid unless he actually wants out but i guess you might want to depending on bad. yeah okay i guess you're right you ever been to edmonton yeah in the summer hey mcdavid got a, hey he has a heated driveway so he doesn't have shovel snow so it's all good it's still fucking cold it's still fucking cold, but he doesn't have to shovel snow. So uh, finally, uh, my dad asked, why am I not a Saturday selections winner? Uh, do I sick that badly? Which I think he meant to say, do I suck that badly? Um, here's the thing. Um, Saturday selections is, we've talked about this on the podcast before, completely random. It's, yeah. very ra- it's a very random process. Very random. So I'll, I'll give you some context on this for this weekend. Oh, Seven yes. Seven people picked the 49ers to win. And those yeah. seven people were very lucky, but I don't think any of those seven actually won overall selections. So it just goes to show you how random voting is and how it's, yeah, it's a big mess every every time. It's fun for me to count votes and see if people vote for it, but. And here's another thing. This is not me criticizing Scott for his, you know, role in selections because scott does oh. a great job and and it, it's really well done scott is more generous with winners than i am when i do selections mm-hmm. so if you really don't win when scott's doing selections so which scott has been doing selections oh just under a year now uh I was gonna, I was gonna say like it's been like at least six months, generously at least six months that you've sure. been doing selections. Sure. And if you're not winning when Scott's doing selections, outside of like the one or two times I've done it, but if you're not winning when Scott's doing selections, you really do suck. That's that's my honest that's my honest uh, hot take. Um, 
about selections. And if you don't win, then you do suck. So you're saying you suck because you haven't won since I've started doing selections. <laughs> I... <laughs> this, this whole argument blew up in your face. So way to go. <laughs> yes, I do suck. I'm willing to admit my failures as an individual. I do suck at this. I'll also provide context. Ian also doesn't vote every weekend. Um, I don't, I, 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 well, I want other people winning. It doesn't do anything exactly. unless, unless we're doing like a, a WWE heel thing. We're like, Oh, Mr. Yeah. McMahon won SummerSlam. It's like, exactly. It exactly. I want, I won two weeks in a row one week. And ever since then, if I've won, I don't count my vote. I don't put it on the social media. I don't need to. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not a brag. Nope. And some weekends I will, like I will for Super Bowl. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Of course. If you yeah. win, if you win Super Bowl weekend selections, you're like, you're an ultimate God. You're elite. You're, you you're, are you're, you're p you're p if you're winning <laughs> if you're winning super bowl selections you're p yeah so stay tuned for that we'll have at least 10 games that weekend oh god that's gonna be fucking epic yeah. um yeah for me no, I'll, name, do, like, I'll do them too okay no no but i'm saying i gotta count the votes buddy i can do it too okay do you, yeah, okay. do, well, do you count them out by hand or do you do, like i do excel spreadsheets yeah i do excel spreadsheets too. okay that um that accounting 12 class is really coming in handy when doing Saturday selections with the Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> of, course. No, of course. Um, that's the podcast. I don't have anything else. Uh this has been a really great episode. Scott, do you wanna uh end it on uh on anything? Um shout out Team Blue and the KJRHL. We had a short oh, hell yeah. we had a short bench. We had six forwards and four defensemen against a full roster on team red and we kind of we kind of put them to bed. It was it was an epic game. Shout out to uh, my roommate, uh, Mister Mister Gabe Krasnowski. He was lights out defensively, looking like uh, Paul Coffey of old. Um, he looks like Lanny McDonald, though. That's the thing. He, he's got okay. Yeah, let me tell you, he's got the muzzy for Lanny McDonald. So um, go check out his Instagram if you want to see his muzzy. It's epic. It is quite epic, actually. I'm very jealous of it. I can't go on like that. So so you, so, so you had a bunch of players in COVID protocol this weekend. Uh, we had one of them was in COVID protocols. Actually, yeah, um, yeah, we had one in protocol, and he this person is out of protocols today, and we will see him back next week. Hell yeah, so, hell yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yes. Um, how are you in the standings? Uh, we are first place. We are seven two and one, with a plus twenty one goal differential. Uh, how excited are you for you post Super Bowl? Um, KJ. Uh, RHL. Oh, it'll be great. Oh, it'd be great. Yeah, very excited. Yeah. We get the, we get the early game that day, so I can come home and study. And oh, what's the, oh, what time is that at? Uh, games at nine forty five. So pack the barn in the morning. PM, no PM. After it's after. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's after game. Yeah. So Big E is gonna be drunk scorekeeping, uh, like he did two years ago. Yep. Hell yeah. Yes. We're, cannot wait to see it. Um. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I have over under five sticks thrown on the ice <laughs> <laughs> for a bad call from the ref. I'm going to definitely <laughs> throw a trash can. I hope it's empty first. I'm going to dump the trash in another trash can and then throw that. Yeah. <laughs> empty one on the ice. <laughs> You're fucking blowing this. It's like, sir, this is a rec hockey game. Please leave. Um, you might really- get security and two refs for that game. <laughs> just to deal with this guy um that's gonna be exciting i don't know if i have anybody i want to shout out or promote here uh but yeah ba- i mean basically um i'm coming up to Kelowna for super bowl weekend 
Uh, I'm going to be in the States this weekend covering Silver Tips games. We have three and threes for the next cool. two weekends. So we got three. Oh, so you're, you're a busy guy. Uh, hey, it's a, it's tough when you're a wanted man. Am I right? Yeah, of course. Um, and then, uh, oh, I don't know if you know, but I'm going to Climate Pledge Arena on February 26th. Very cool. For the Silver Tips D-Birds game. Oh, that's right. That's right. They actually that's, do- that's a Thunderbirds home game in Climate Pledge. Well, yeah, and it used to be um, Key Arena. Used to be, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, and I don't know if I've told this story on a podcast, but the last time I saw an Everett Seattle game at Key Arena, do you, do you know Stevens Pass? Yes, of course. So, so we went skiing at Stevens Pass, my dad and I, like the day during the day. Yep. Um, before the hockey game, but my dad was late picking me up because I was in ski school. Right. And my dad was late picking me up, and I'm like, God, this is weird. My dad doesn't usually take this long. Um, and he came down the mountain with only one ski on. As it turns out, he lost his ski uh, on a crash. Like he, 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 I think he fell and he lost the ski. No way. So he came down with one ski as we were going to go to this uh, T-Birds, I think Everett. It might not have been. I think it was Everett at, at sure. the ski arena. Yeah. And like any real dad, uh, we went back up there later in the summer in like mid-July because my dad's like, I'm going to find this ski. So we no. hiked up Stevens. <laughs> no Did you find it? No, we didn't. We drove to Stevens Pass, hiked up the mountain to not find a ski. Did he check lost and found? He did. Wow. We never found a ski. Never found it. Holy shit. That's crazy. So that's my um, story of before going to see the Thunderbirds game at Key Arena, but my dad losing a ski. In the, and of course, like any true dad, he's like mumbling and like, cursing under his breath as he's driving home like fucking yeah. bullshit and you're me. what seven years old eight years old seven or eight just watching yeah. miracle on dvd in the back seat like not thinking anything of it like oh we're going to a hockey game this is great i love this my dad's just like fucking bullshit i hate losing my ski this day sucks <laughs> i hate this god damn it i could just picture your dad saying that kind of thing right now <laughs> it's pretty funny it's wonder i no wonder where i get my potty mouth from yep <laughs> course anyways uh that's the podcast uh big shout out to uh scott for taking the time to do this again we're doing uh episodes every monday recording so that's usually out midnight tuesday monday night uh we'll be back again next week stay tuned peace out